And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything Arena Football, our Arena Bowl special. We did promise it. We wanted to make sure we got it out for you guys. Um, it's not just John and myself tonight. Uh, we have a very special guest with us uh, from the Washington Valor, quarterback Warren Smith. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for having me, actually. You know, I've you know, been listening to you guys for the last couple of years, and uh, we'd like to help you guys out. You know, I think you guys do a really good job. And, get a fan perspective and it's pretty neat when you know people like you guys follow us around play this little game called arena football so we appreciate you and all the work you guys do honestly thanks thank you yes greatly appreciate man and uh, we, we just love watching you guys on tv i mean if it's it's for as long as i've been following the league itself it's just a matter of um, uh everybody who's played in the league you're now obviously a part of the now the arena football league family you're like folklore you're like anybody who's been around long enough knows you know, you're you, a quarterback like yourself. You are now tied to the others like Eddie Brown, and then you can be mentioned in the same, you know, the same sentence as all these great players and all these great coaches have gone into. It's funny to say because they they call arena football like a cult. Yeah. It's not like, you know they say a family. It's a, it's a small little circle, and once you're in it, you're always in it. And yeah, you meet people from all over the place. You meet people from the AFL Hall of Fame that played 10 years ago, mm-hmm. and you know it's. It, it, it's a different kind of uh, bond, and it's cool. And you get to meet a lot of people and learn from a lot too. Coaches, all the coaches played back then, so um, it's great. And like, I think the league's uh, on its way to big things, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, we're we're hoping so. And uh, um, obviously, the the big game is tomorrow. Uh, what, what's your what's your thought of being one of the players in the game tomorrow? I mean, it's it's. I mean, everything was you know everybody I will admit was Albany, Albany, Albany. But you guys have had it one hell of a turnaround since Coach Benji came to the team. And Arvell also, obviously. Right, absolutely. Um, what's, what's you and your team's mindset going into the game tomorrow? Well, you know, we're not, we're not changing much, you know. Like, we've been through a roller coaster of a season, to say the least. You know, we've been ups and downs, and, you know, a lot of both. And um, over the past six weeks, you know, we started to form an identity and a culture started to change. And um, if you really think about it, cultures don't change overnight. Yeah. You know, and obviously when Benji first took over and Arvell came, we even had Shane Austin helping us out too. Um, you know, we weren't winning every game, but we there was a sense of urgency, a different uh, approach that we had, and from little things like uh, showing up, showing up the meetings on time, starting practice on time, uh, watching film, watching extra film, doing the little things, and it's funny. Out of the last six weeks, you just started you know, things started falling in place, and we started to come together as a group. Like I can easily say, the first couple of weeks. I didn't feel like, you know, as, as close of a team as I thought you needed to win a championship. You know, I thought it was some clicks here and there. Yeah. And um, when Benji took over and um, a couple other coaches came in, a couple other players came in, and we started to form our identity, like, we really started to come together. And uh, over the last six weeks, and we've been on a roll. And, and we haven't won every single game, like I said, but, like, we lost, we lost by one to Baltimore. We lost by a score to Albany. Like, it was... Um, you know, we were the, we were in every game, and we know we know this game is comes down to like a, a, a few plays here and a few plays there is the difference of a, of a win and loss. But um, like our mindset going to this game is to keep doing what we're doing. We feel like we've gotten better mm-hmm. every week. Um, you know, when we beat Baltimore last regular season game, I thought we played our best offensive game 
two weeks ago when we lost to Albany, we only think we got stopped. We got stopped once. Yeah. You know, and defense coming, defense was coming together, getting stops, and we were playing off each other. And last week was just awesome. It was a great feeling going into Albany as like literally the only people. I was there. Oh so yeah. yeah. Dogs. Um, and the thing is, we we didn't feel like we were underdogs. Everyone looked at us as underdogs, but we 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 watched the film. We we're like, man, we were a couple plays away from beating Albany by three scores if we were covered an onside kick. And, you know, a ball bounced this way. So, um, like, going back to what you said, you know, our mindset is the same. It's just we're just looking to get better and, and um, you know, and just take advantage of the moment that we're in because, you know, some of it's, it will be the last game for some players. It will be the last time us as a unit get to play together. So we're excited about it. And, uh, you know, we're feeling really confident, to be honest. What, what do you, as a player, how do you feel when you hear the naysayers say to you, well, you know, you guys are only a three-win team for this season. Why do you deserve to be in the championship? What, 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 what would you say to somebody who says that to you? Well, first I would explain to them the four teams in the league. You know, and we you got to make it interesting at the end. But um, I'll, I'll just tell people, listen, it's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. Yeah. yeah. And um, we, you know, like I said, we started off. You know, we lost a couple games, but and we still was like a snowball effect. And then once Benji came in and a couple coaches came in, and we started to, like I said, change the culture. But like I said, it doesn't change overnight. And um, like we knew that we knew we were just as talented as everybody. Right. And we and once we just put the little thing together and put those little pieces together, we knew that we had a chance to win any game we play. Yeah. So. Um, you know, that's that. Like, we're, you know, we're we're just excited to be here, and, and we're like, you know. People, people want to say three wins team don't belong, but you know what? Right now, we feel like we're the best team in arena football right now. And um, like I said, man, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And with a four-team league, you can do that. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking to take advantage of it, you know, tomorrow night. What's it like playing, and a lot of people have mentioned this, and I have too, I think John has also. What's it like playing in summarily an, an all-star league this year? Because as you said, it's only four teams. Right. Name players from that have everybody knows from the arena yeah. football league i mean what's it like playing with all these yeah. all these players i mentioned it when uh, in, in an interview after we lost to albany for the second time at our place like we thought we played pretty good offensively we had six we had eight possessions we scored in six of them yeah um and we lost by we lost by a score and a half right whatever we lost by 10 12 points um when you when you when you play in an all-star league like this the margin of error is very small mm-hmm. and you know, one turnover can cost you. An onside kick that's not that's not recovered, or or an onside kick on you yeah. can be the difference of a game. Like if you look at the first two games we had with Nick Davila starting, we didn't get stopped once offensively the first game against Baltimore, and we got stopped once against Philadelphia in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So out of out of 17 possessions, we scored 16 times, and we were 0 2 because we lost a bar ball in Baltimore, and we had. Turnover run downs in our own red zone against Philly, yeah. and then that goes from a one-score game to a two-score game, or a one-point, you know, a one-possession game. So with the All-Star League, it just makes the margin of error very, very small. Mm-hmm. It makes you bring your A game every week, and as you saw, like a four seed can knock off a one seed, yeah, yeah, and do it convincingly too. You know what I mean? We thought like we should have we should have beat Albany last week by two scores. You know, they had the onside kick mm-hmm. to score at the end, but we felt like we dominated that game from kickoff to the end. You know, and um, that, that's that's the nature of four, a four-team league with literally Hall of Famers and All-Stars on each team. So I like it like that. Like I said, it makes you bring the, it makes you bring your A game every week, and uh, you never know. I can say um, that when we were doing the previews for the games for the two-game series itself, especially last week, 
Um, I, I literally said to the guys, I said, Washington scares me before the game again. Because something, and I mentioned over the past couple of weeks, is that you guys are a completely different team. And it is, as I said, before, you guys are you guys are coming to the game together. It was something completely different from the old DC team than what we saw at the end of the season. So it's, yeah. it, it was, it was. It, it, I mean, as I said, two wins. So what? You're in the championship game. As I said, you 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 get hot. You play right. right. You you're there for a reason. So and you earned it. Right. That's the thing. John. So Warren, outside of arena football, why don't you tell the fans a little bit about what you do? So um, I'm from New Jersey. Uh, I live in New Jersey. I have a house in New Jersey. I, you know, my family's from New Jersey. Um, I'm a full-time phys ed and health teacher, uh, CPR and first aid. I teach high school and I coach high school football and coach high school basketball. So um, this arena football is uh, a passion of mine. I've been doing it since 2013. Um, I ended up getting a full-time job at the school in 2015, where I actually went to high school there too. And um, I've been, I've been able to balance it both because arena football, as you know, falls in the late winter, spring, and ends yep. in the middle of summer where, you know, as a teacher, you know, you, you, you coach football in the fall and you teach and you coach basketball in the winter, you know. So just that springtime is a difficult time for me where I'm doing both school and football. And then once summer hits and my, my, my obligation to the school is over, then I become a, full, a full-time football player. So like you know, as I moved down to DC, but during the first five or six games, I was living in New Jersey, commuting back and forth once a week for practice and coming for games. And so when Nick got hurt, I was the emergency starter for two games and I practiced a whopping two times in two weeks and uh, tried to put my best foot forward and play football and you know, play a game. And like I said, when you play in an all-star league, that little, those little differences will make make a big difference, you know. Sure. So, um, but yeah, I'm a full-time teacher, full-time coach at Lacey Township High School. Uh, I'm, going into my, I'm going into my third year this fall. I've been coaching for six years. Uh, I coached two, uh, two years at a college, University of Maine, my alma mater, and Kane University for Coach Dan Garrett, and I've coached the high school the last, last four. So, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I love coaching, I love playing, and I like helping kids. So, you know, I'm not really working. Just having fun. How are, we, how are we able to do the commute? It's got to be hard. So yeah, so um, I'm 168 miles away. So when I had to come to practice once a week, that was Wednesdays. Um, my principal and I made a good little deal, and he was very understanding. He's a college football player. He was a college football player himself. Okay. So he understood. Um, I would wake up at 4:45 in the morning. We got on the road by five. Be in, be where our practice facility is a little bit south of Baltimore by 8 with the traffic and make meetings by 8.15, practice, eat lunch with the guys, go back, and uh, be back in uh, New Jersey for a uh, 7 on 7 football practice that night. So, wow. Yeah, it was kind of <laughs> hectic, but it's all worth it. When you have, like I said, when you have a passion for something, you'll do, you'll do a lot for mm-hmm. it. You know, and yep. I have a passion for teaching kids, coaching, uh, multiple sports in high school, and obviously playing this game, arena football, that not a lot of people know about, but once you play, you, know, you, you, really, you fall in love with it. Sure. Okay, no, I think actually something you asked really yeah. cleared that up. Yeah. Okay. Um, one question I have for you. So many may not know that you were the MVP of you know when you were playing for uh, the league when you played for Lehigh Valley. Yep. Um, as a former MVP, how do you feel about the role you've been assigned in the AFL? Is it a tough go? Is it, or is it just a matter of a learning process again? But how do you feel? Well, the way the way I look at it, I mean, I could easily play for Lehigh again this year. You know, and. Um, 
and you know, and did exactly what I did last year. But you know, there was something about it where like I wanted to learn a little more. I wanted to. I mean, I've been in the AFL in 2015 and the end of 16 and the mm-hmm. end of 17 when school gets out. But this year, I was like, you know what? You know, we. I mean, I'm still grateful for Coach Kokinos to give me an opportunity to come right. back. You know, um, even though he's still not, he's not with us anymore. But um, I understood the role I was going into, and the way I looked at it was like this: um, I get an opportunity to sit behind and listen to Nick Davil, who's won three, four world champions, three MVPs at the highest level. I get to uh, sit in a meeting room with T.T. Tolliver. I get to sit in a meeting room with Reggie Gray. I get to sit in a meeting room with Rod Windsor when he was here. You know, um, I get you know defensive players, Alvin Ray. Um, Tracy Belton, um, you know all these all these guys have been playing. I've been watching, filming these guys for the last six, seven years. You know, and there was a part of me like that wanted to get better and learn. And I'll tell you what, you know, like being able to just to come here and listen to those guys and practice with them and sit in meetings with them, I think I'm now a better player. Yeah. Not not only physically but like mentally. So whatever whatever I choose to do in the future, whether if it's play at a different level or still stick at this level. Um, you know, that's all the knowledge I gained, and I, I looked at it as a, me- a mental year, and I still have to play. You know, I still, I still thrown, you know, a couple touchdowns here and there. I, I still enjoyed playing. I still go out the boards and practice, but um, I took a lot of it. I, I took a lot out of it, like the, the mental part, and just like seeing how Nick prepares, seeing how you know um, TT prepares, seeing how Reggie Gray, like Re- Reggie Gray, surprised me. He's one of the most um, educated wide receivers in this league. Like his. Like his IQ for the game is unbelievable, mm. and there's a reason why he catches all these touchdowns. You know, he's 150 pounds and he's five foot eight, five foot nine. You know, he gets open. He understands the defenses, and that's the kind of stuff I want to learn. So I feel like coming from this year, I learned so much, and uh, I was willing to take a back seat because I didn't want to get stagnant where I was at. Right. You know. Sure. And um, like I said, I don't know what the future holds, but I'll tell you wherever I go next, or you know, I learn from the best, and I can, I can, I, I, that will only help me with my career. Playing and coaching. No, that's it's. I I, said, I I didn't. I wouldn't know how I would feel as of being an MVP, but you 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 explained it quite well. I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, um, I said you you've gone. You're able to leave one thing, go to the next, but you said you learned a hell of a lot. So it's right. that's right. the main thing. Um, you know, let's let's talk about all the stuff that's been happening over the past uh, well today and and, and recently and, Couple and days. yeah, and yeah. get get your get your input on it also. Yeah. So. Um, now I, I wasn't here, so John, you really have to speak to this about Media Day, because obviously, those who don't know, I was I was stuck in in Philadelphia, so I missed uh, Media Day, but uh, started late. But uh, John, uh, uh, any questions you want to ask, or, or same thing with you, Warner? What's uh, what was your thought about Media Day and uh, uh, your experience with it? Yeah, I mean, it was it was my first one, obviously at the, at the AFL level, so I was excited just to you know do it and go there and experience it and it was cool you know like they gave both teams an opportunity to get up there and you know uh, represent us and mm-hmm. people ask questions and you know uh, the commissioner got up there and you know kind of gave a brief rundown of our story and Baltimore story um, you know you get to see said Bonner you get yeah. to see um, coffee all these guys that are AFL legends yeah. and you know faces of the league um, and you there's know, Jaws' of speech. Jaws, was, then Jaws goes up there, man. He kills it every time. He's a great speaker, man. He, <laughs> he does, yeah. Man, sometimes, sometimes I think he's the commissioner of the league. But, <laughs> I mean, but that's that's just Jaws' personality. He's, he's a great guy. I met him. I finally got to, met him this year. I actually shook his hand, talked to him, and you know, he actually, you know, he knew who I was. And it was a good conversation. But like stuff like that means a lot, you know. And it goes a long way. But I thought media day was good, to the point. You know, it was quick. Um, you know, we just 
as a team, we wanted to go, you know, represent ourselves and get out of there because we don't want to get distracted. You know, we don't yeah. want we don't want to get too distracted. You know, because it's just another game. Right now we're hot. We just want to we just want to get on the field and play ball. Yeah. But uh, it was cool, good experience. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad we did it as a team. Yeah. You know. Do you um do you think with based off of that the AF awards that they announced for tour we'll talk about since we since we last taped uh, a lot of the awards haven't been announced. Do you feel that DC, the DC players, some of the DC players may have gotten the slight a little bit, or in, in your overall opinion? I mean, I, I said you're all one giant group, one giant fraternity. Right. Um, if you were to have chosen uh, somebody to be a, to get a certain uh, award, would you have chosen anybody particular on the uh, Valor Squad? Um, you know. It's- I mean, the, all the all the winners that got the award, I think deserve it. Mm-hmm. I thought they were, I think they were all pretty accurate. You know, I mean, it might have been Albany heavy, it might have been, you know, uh, Philly heavy, if you want to say. I don't know. But um, when I look at, it, I mean, it, 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 I think there's a lot of good players on our team. You know what I mean? But when you look at the, those awards, it's consistent numbers throughout right. the whole year. Yeah. And we've had like yeah. players like come out in spurts. Yeah. You know, like. You know, unfortunately, with like Reggie Gray in the beginning of the year, with, our, with you know, with the coaches we had in place, Reggie wasn't able to do what he's capable of doing until, until you know, we made the change. Right. And if Reggie would have been doing that all year, I mean, like I said, Reggie, I think Reggie should have been a first team all receiver. Okay. But his numbers don't match up with Joe Hill, with the Malachi right. Jones. You know what I mean? But his impact, absolutely. Like he, like when, when Reggie's in motion, you will catch a lot of zone because people are afraid of him, which will open up guys like. Dangerfields, mm-hmm. Cristobal, Josh Reese, Doug sure. McNeil, yeah. you know. So to me, Reggie Gray is very valuable for us. But I mean, like I said, I thought the awards were pretty accurate, and uh, we didn't have. I mean, and like defensively, we had we had a few guys that were that were played every game and consistently played hard. Like our our MAC linebacker Jimmy Gordon did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Sure, I thought consistently just working hard, and you know. But I mean. The voters went the other way with all the arena teams. Right. But, you know, guys like Jimmy and like Tracy Belton, like they play every game and they're good. But like, it's hard to give an award to a team that had that had such a um, rough start. That makes sense. Footwork, you know. Yeah, sure. You know yeah, I mean? for sure. sure. Um, but well, it's like saying if Arvell had been there longer, then it's very he would have. I'm sure right. the way he's been playing, he would have been in the right. mix exactly. for MVP or right. uh, offensive player exactly. of the year. And I think I don't think anyone's playing better than Arvell right now. You know, I think Arvell's. His confidence level is through the roof. Um, he can run the ball. Like if you look at the three quarterbacks that start besides Arvell, none of them are true like runners. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, like I mean, Dan might be the best three-step quarterback I've ever watched on a film. Yeah. But when it breaks down, he has to run. I'm not really sure what he can do. I mean, I've seen him run. Yeah. Get me wrong. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, that's not his game. Right. Same with Tommy and same with um, uh, Randy. But they're all. But you know what? Those guys are students of the games. They can drop back. They can read every coverage. They've seen every coverage, and they. Make, they can make every throw, and, that's, and their coaches put, put a, do a good job of putting them in good situations, and they thrive. Yeah. Just like how Nick Davila, you know, he right. was the same way. But Arvell's a little different, where Arvell can make all the throws, but then when it breaks down, he can run. He's a total threat. I mean, he's 6'5", 240. Yeah. yeah. That's a big guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I thought I look at myself as a dual threat, but he's bringing 50 more pounds to the table. So, you know, um, and he's playing hot, and he's making, he's making good decisions, he's making um, you know, accurate throws. So, like when he's hot, there's not a lot of guys like Arvell, and it's uh, it's cool to watch, you know. And I'm just there. I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I told him, like, I, I, you know, he's got my support. I'm on the headset with Shane every, you know, during the game and trying to put him in the best possible situation for us to win. And that's you know, that's what we're doing right now. Hey, very good. I'm glad you brought it up. Great segue into something. Let's let's talk about your the OC. 
Uh, I can say he's probably one of the most entertaining guys by watching him when he's calling plays on the CBS Sports mm-hmm. Network broadcast. Hilarious. And he has a... Shane Stafford has a lot of history in the in the AFL, more particularly with Tampa Bay than anything else. But what's it what's it like being uh, under uh, under Coach Stafford? He's uh, I had a pleasure of playing with him in 2016 when Tampa Bay took me in when school ended. Um, so I got I got to listen to him and see, and he thinks how I think. He's a quarterback. He um, is a student of the game. Um, he studies it. He's passionate about it. Um, and he played it, mm-hmm. and he did a good job playing it. And um, that's a big part of our change in the last six, seven games, not only with Benji being at the helm, but with Coach Stafford putting our offense in the best possible situation. And uh, it's an honor to play for him. I, I honestly love playing for him. He's a, he's a player's coach, but then he can also, you know, he'll sit there and watch more film than anyone. Me, me and him watch film every night together, and we just have to put a plan together. Cause that's what we like. We like to do it. Yeah. I mean, we like to do it. And um, – He's great. He's hilarious. He's funny. He's got he's got personality. He um, yeah. like I said, he's got a lot of personality. Um, you know, he's he's just a good guy. I mean, I he's one of my favorites that I've ever played with. I got got a chance to play for. Yeah. So um, you know, he's he's great. I would love to you know I would love to play for him in the future. I would love to coach him in the future if I ever had a chance. Um, entertaining to say the least. Yeah. Um, you know, Florida. He's from Connecticut. Well, he's went to Connecticut. He's from the tri-state PA area, but he moved to Florida, so he's got some Floridian in him now. So he's a uh, he's he's an, in, he's an interesting cat. He's an interesting guy, man. He's has very he, interesting. Buddy. Has he ever called something and you're like, WTF, man? How how are you calling that? I mean, it's well, you know, there's a reason behind every call, and he goes by yeah. his, and he goes with his gut, you know. And all I do is, you know, try to we look we look at our plan, and then we kind of like, say, hey, this is what we like to practice. He'll be like, I love it, or he'll be like. Warren, shut up. Okay. You know, <laughs> all right. So like, when he gets in his zone, he gets in his zone. You know, and um, but he's always open to suggestion. He's um, very, very he's, he's, he's easy to talk to. Right. Okay. And you know what I mean. And that's what I like about him. And um, he he looks at it as a from a quarterback perspective, and he's great at dealing with players, man. Yeah. I mean, like there's play, sometimes players get upset, and like he's just good at like talking to them, you know, and like talking them through things, and um, you know, it goes a long way. It speaks volumes, man. He, He's a really good coach, man. I think he's going to be uh, coaching for a long time yeah. in this league. Yeah, he's entertaining because, you know, John and I were still used to seeing the stuff on TV and how, you know, Ari will go up to one of the, to the coaches and say, you know, what's the play coming up? And, you, you know, they'll just ramble off what it usually is, whether it be Coach Dozell or, or whomever. Something totally different about I totally was, hey, John, totally unexpected yeah. how he came across on television calling these plays because he's giving the play. But, for, you know, it's like, yeah, Coach, what are you going to call? Ah, oh, we're, we're going to try to get to this guy, you know, try to get a first down. Okay. But, you know, we, we're expected to hear, wanting to hear a little bit more than right. just that. But it, right. it gives a whole new meaning right. in hearing coaches call plays. It's not it's not a stale, you know, how, how it can be stale to hear, oh, you know, we're going to run this, this, that, or the other. And it's, it's very interesting to yeah. hear. I mean, it's... Because he's calling, because he's calling a play, and he can, he knows by the coverage yeah. of what 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 he should be getting yeah. by the play call. He knows what coverage he should be getting. So instead of calling actual play, he's like, "Well, Dangerfield's probably going to catch his hit to get a first down." Right. Yeah. Right. Or say so yeah. we're going to try to do a curl route. Right. Or, or you know, yeah. it's basically like slant. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And then that's and exactly what this is. That's exactly how it comes yeah. off. Yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. And but like, but he's just basically visualizing the play identifying what coverage he should be getting because he's done his film study yeah 
and he's trying to do this scheme to get that route open. So it's good. It's good stuff, man. He's he's a character. Yeah. So, he's, um, so just for, the, for those of you who haven't checked out uh, who won the awards in 2018, and by the way, you can head over to arenafan.com. We have a link to all of our 2018 awards there. Um, you may have heard some of them, but uh, we'll read them off to you uh, again anyways. Um, so this year, the Offensive Player of the Year went to uh, uh, the Empire's Tommy Grady. He also won the Shinola Most Valuable Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year went to Terrence Moore of, the, uh, of Albany. Kicker of the Year, Mark Lewis from Baltimore. Rookie of the Year from Malachi Jones from the Empire. Uh, head coach, Markham Moss, Head Coach of the Year, went to Omar Smith. Uh, the support front staff went to the Philadelphia Soul. Defensive lineman of the year went to Joe Sykes. Offensive lineman of the year went to Hayworth Hicks. Uh, assistant coach of the year, Phil Bogle. Uh, defensive back of the year went to James Romain. Uh, the Al Lucas AFL Hero Jason Foundation Award went to Tracy Belton. Uh, official of the year went to Jeff Carr. Equipment manager of the year went to Brandon Goldstein of, of Albany. And last but not least, the Sports Medicine Program of the Year went to the Albany Empire. Um, we were talking about, uh, as we said, you know, these awards here, uh, Warren, uh, about uh, Malachi Jones. Um, you know, if those who don't know, he was signed by the Chicago Bears. Um, John and I were saying this is probably one of the best times of the year for any player, especially out of the AFL, to get signed. Yeah. Because it's not during the off-season February till March till till June. It's right before camp starts. Right camp starts. Yeah. Exactly. Camp starts right now. Um, what you played? Well, you played with him. You played against him. Um, what has the league lost, and what has the Bears gained from your perspective? Well, I had a privilege to play against Malachi and, uh, when I was in Lehigh. He was that's a right. high yeah, that's right, yes. And um, I knew right away he was going to stud, you know, and the only reason why he was playing in high country was because he was finishing up school at App State. Okay. And I was like, I wonder why he's going there. You know, well, the reason why he's going there is because he's living there and he has to stay and do finish school. But I knew once, um, after he won Rookie of the Year in the NAL, I knew he was going to be a, uh, I knew he was good enough to play in the AFL. Right. And, um... I followed him over the off seasons, either over social media, we text, because I, I wasn't sure what I was going to be doing either. And I was like, I was trying to get him to Lehigh. Yeah, sure. Let's go, let's go, Lehigh, man, you're a stud, we can make this thing work. And then once we found out the AFL was going on, and I, found, I saw him sign with Albany, and I was like, and then Coach Hino signed me with Washington, I knew he was going to be um, a good fit for them. But then um, he turned it to another gear. And for sure. The first game of the year, I mean, the first game of the year when Tommy checked the ball down to, to um, Malachi on the wall, and you see Malachi just like split through Dwayne Howells and James Romaine and like literally run away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And he, that's, that's kind of how he burst onto the scene. And then, you know, there was a couple more plays, like the next week or two, uh, you know, he kept making like these big plays. And I, and I said to myself, like, there's not one DB that can tackle this guy, like one on one. And if you watch the, the whole year, I watched a lot of film on him, I don't think there was one. Yeah. Tackling one on one, he's big, he's fast, he's strong. He catch, he can leap, he works harder than everyone. His family background is full of professionals. Yes. Um, I think the Bears just stole from everybody, literally. Yeah. I think he's going to be. I mean, I think the arena football game will help helps people out when they go to the outdoor game because the game is so fast in the AFL. When you and if you're good enough, big enough, fast enough, strong enough. 
and you go to the NFL, things slow down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I'm not saying the players slow down. No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. The players are faster. Well, for example, Kurt Warner is a great example. I mean, and, 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 and if you listen to Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner said the arena football thing might have been the best thing that ever happened to him because he had to make split split yeah. second decisions yeah. in the AFL. When he got to the NFL, the players were better, but the game was slower. Yeah. Because and when with that AFL mindset, with that arena football mindset, it made it, it's it. it the transition helped them. Yeah. And I think the same thing's gonna happen with Malachi. You know, and um, you know, I think the Bears picked up a huge a huge player, a great person too, yeah. a great locker room guy, great community guy, great person all around. Um, like I said, his family is full of athletics, you know, and um, you know, I, I think I, I think he has a good chance to, to make the roster, man, I really do. Yeah. And um, we'll be rooting for him, the Arena Football League will be rooting for him. Um, you know, it's a great story. You know, and uh, you know, Appalachian State five proud too, yeah, but he's sure. well, he's well, well deserving of it, and uh, I'm pretty, I'm like 100 percent sure he's gonna make the most of it, honestly. Yeah, I think yeah, getting the chance now, I just hope that you know we've seen some other AFL guys get signed before, and then they they just get a, hardly a sniff in preseason. But I, I got a feeling Malachi's gonna get more than just. He's still a young. He's still young, young too. Yeah. He's not like a 28, 27, 29. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's only 23, 24. You know what I mean? He's yeah. fresh yeah. out. He's ready to go. Yeah. You know? So I'm excited for him. No, that that that's big. I mean, John, what what are your thoughts? I mean, it's uh, about Malachi. I mean, it's it's very interesting. We watched him for most of the year, and yeah, and we're we're seeing what he you know again did against you guys last week. I mean, some of what he did over that one touchdown, he just crazy. yeah, crazy. He, he never slowed down. He yeah. just continued to speed up and get better and better. Yeah. And as you said, you saw him mature in the NAL. I I think that I think that he's got a good shot of making the roster too. Right. He's a humble guy. Very humble. Yeah. Like more, almost like I almost wish he wasn't as humble. I wish he was. More, <laughs> you know what I mean? A little more yeah. gritty. Right. A little yeah. bit. You know, but, but that's just, that's just how he is, and that's how I bet you. I mean, I don't know his family like that, but I bet you that's exactly how was. That's how we was raised, probably. Yeah. Sure. You know, um, and like you know, the biggest thing that people don't really realize in him is his speed. Yeah. He's a big physical guy, but he's fast. Like, I'm talking like might be one of the fastest players in the league. Yeah. You know, as a receiver, big receiver, you don't see that often. You know what I mean? Big and fast, and that's why the NFL like them. Yeah. You know, and um, he got a good shot, and I'm happy for him. No, that's good. I, um, we did find out today. Um, we mentioned to you, this to you during uh, uh, before we started the show. Um, it looks like you're gonna guys are gonna have a big crowd tomorrow, and a mixture not only uh, of ballot fans but of Baltimore fans also. Yeah. Um, for anybody who didn't see our tweet on social media earlier or on Facebook, uh, Royal Farms. Uh, has decided to open up the 300 level over at the over at the arena for the arena bowl tomorrow, um, which is huge. I mean, and we saw game one with when they did it at that in Albany, yeah. opening up that oh, those other sections yeah. for the very first game. Um, this is actually big. Now you won't find these tickets on Ticketmaster. Uh, they will be ten dollar general admission tickets. They are at the door. So if you don't have your tickets, you can come to the uh, to the box office over at the Royal Farms. And get seats up in the upper deck. I mean, it's, I can just imagine what this place is going to be like. Loud. It's, yeah, it's going to be Small loud. Small arena, a lot of people. It kind of yeah. reminds me of the, uh, and you would know, uh, is, is that it's so much concrete in a way sort of reminds me how it is in Albany because you know how loud it was in yeah. Albany when you were there. It's, very loud. Um, could Rofo be, be that loud with just the, the, the layout that it is and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, unless you want. I mean, I, I remember playing there last year, last game of the year. And when we beat Baltimore, and it was like it wasn't packed, but it was loud. Yeah, it was loud. And 
but like you know the fan like that lower level was kind of filled mm -hmm. you know and i'm just trying to vision like double triple that it, it'll be sure. loud it'll be loud it'll yeah. be loud the speakers will be loud the announcers will be loud it'll, it'll be good it'll, it'll be a good atmosphere i'm pretty sure monumental did a good job just you know advertising it and getting yeah. it out there so yep. it's readable man. it's readable it's supposed to be like that yeah so, exactly you know whatever you got to do to make it like that make it like that because you know as players man this is our super bowl mm -hmm. so we're mm -hmm. you know we want to play at the biggest stage at the in front of the you know biggest crowd and literally a stage yeah i know yeah you're right you're right it, it, it's funny it's like we we talked before what we're going to talk about and he just keeps segueing me perfectly so uh, awesome. speaking of marketing <laughs> yeah. um we wanted to mention that uh, there seems to be quite a bit of marketing going on uh, i think in both markets John. yeah um, I know that in, was it Baltimore that they, was it Baltimore or D.C.? That they, uh, Baltimore, where they had that full page ad of the local paper. Yeah. Um, which is huge. Uh, here around the uh, hotel, the media hotel, they got these, it's everywhere. Uh, these little uh, stickers, ID stickers, I don't know what to call them. It's, it's. On, on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a picture of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. And were you, Warren, you were just featured in a paper or something? So, there? yeah, so yeah. my, my, uh, my, buddy of mine, he lives up in North Jersey, in the New York Post, um, in the gambling section, front page of the gambling section, there's this big little, uh, like, on the top right corner, there's a picture of me throwing a ball, and it's all about betting on the arena ball. Oh, okay, okay. And, awesome. and I was like, I was like, Where'd you get that? He's like, New York Post, man. I'm like, listen, save that paper and bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to see that thing. So, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, people know about it. And yeah. It's getting out there. And I thought, I'll tell you what, the last two weeks of it on, of Arena Football being on national TV, I'm going to guarantee you it caught some eyes. Because there was, like, especially our series against Albany, was, was, a, was a great great for fans to watch, too. Yeah. You yeah. know? And, and everyone that was Philadelphia and Baltimore going there, knocking off Philly back-to-back, -back, like, that's something to talk about, too. So, I think the last two weeks, the buzz of Arena Football really came back. You yeah. know? It was good. Um, the segue works perfectly, I tell you. Um, you talk about the aggregate series. Right. I haven't really, I don't think, I don't know, John, if you've spoken to any of the players yet on, um, it's something new that the AFL tried out this year, most likely because of uh, how many teams that there were and uh, wanted to make sure that they give each, each, uh, market a chance to have a home game. Mm -hmm. Um, have you ever played with the, this type of a play system before? I mean, it's, they've done it in the CFL the last time they did it with 86, they, uh, they do obviously in soccer, but uh, what was your thought? As a player, when you first heard this, what they were trying, what they were going to be doing for the playoffs. Well, I love it. It was guaranteed two extra, an, an extra game. Yeah. So like it wasn't, you know, we knew the playoffs would be two games. Um, so I like that part of it. Yeah. And um, I like the whole thing. It was, it, it made coaches coach and it changed strategies. Like, like um, when you like watch the second game of Philadelphia Baltimore, because Baltimore had a twelve point lead. Every time Philadelphia would kick off. Baltimore would have their hands team out there just because Philadelphia might onside mm -hmm. at all times because they got to catch up. Right. Yeah. You know, um, like you know, you start having like these overtime plays. You start like visualizing what you would do in certain situations. I loved it. I thought it was great. I think they should do that from now on. I honestly <laughs> do. I really do. Yeah. I think they should do it from now on. I think. I mean, I don't know how many teams you can have, but but I mean, it will take longer. But I think it was great. Um, gave like I said, gave both teams a chance to be home and play a playoff game in front of their home crowd. Um, only thing I would change is that if the first game ends in a tie, I wouldn't go to overtime. Okay. I would I would keep it a tie because it, it's technically halftime. That's fair. That's because because, because yeah. they, what they said was the first game, they allowed us to go to overtime. Yes. And that meant Albany was up by one. But they said now the second game, 
there was going to be no... If it ended in a tie, it's over. Yeah. And they, but that, that would make no sense because technically you can't finish a game in a tie, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so my thing was if that's how you want to do it, then you can't let the first game go to overtime. Okay. Because first game, first game overtime is like halftime in soccer. Yeah. Boom, it's, it's halftime. You know, the next 45 minutes, next game you play, mm-hmm. starts up. And now if that game went to overtime, if that game was tied, then you do your overtime. Right. So I, thought sure. the, I thought the first game, the way I was looking at it, when it tied, it should have ended tied. And then we started to start the second game tied up. But, I mean, it went to overtime. It, was what, it is what it is. You know, I mean, but I didn't like the fact that they were up by one, and if they if the game ended in a tie, it'd be over. They advanced by agree. Yeah, I wouldn't like. Yeah, I would. I would think that'd be unfair. I the way I was a, a proponent of um, so, similar to what you're saying, but uh, to me it's like I would if you had been tied at the end of regulation, you should have continued to an overtime, and then if you're still tied after aggregate, then you would go to another overtime to de- to right. determine it. Right. Um, was that ever a concern for you being or any of the coaches or anything being that? You're going to be playing quite a bit, and I understand you're competing, starting a new overtime, an overtime, and then possibly another overtime game before the league modified the rules. Yeah. Was there ever a concern at all, whether it be from you or from the for the PU or anything like that, and that that uh, just for for safety reasons, or is it? You know, I don't think they, I don't think they thought it would happen. Honestly, I don't think they were expecting the game to go to overtime. I mean, right. we've only, we only had how many games with the overtime this year? One or two? Uh, I don't even know. Yeah, not many. Not many. Yeah. You know, so. I think they were just looking at, you know, a way to extend the season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's four teams. Not going to just have one round in a championship. Right. Extend the three-week playoff and make it interesting. And, like, like I said, I, I like it. I like it. I just think the first – I think – I'm thinking if you let the first game go overtime, you got to let the second game go overtime. Right. But it got tricky was because now, like, say Albany was up by one and we played the second game, then, you know, let's just say we went to overtime – because it was a tie game, right? Right, and they're still up by one, right? And they scored a touchdown, right? Right, and then we got the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do we got to go for a two now? You know what I mean? It it it, it changes up. So we were like everything. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, the second week we had to like look back and be like, wait. So if the game ended the tie, is it over? We we were trying to play, we, we were practicing two point yeah. plays. We were practicing like fake field goals. We were yeah. trying to we, yeah. we were we were thinking of every possible way of like. Do we go for two to win it? Do we tie yeah. it up? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't know. Like, I thought it was perfect. The only thing I would change is if I wouldn't go any overtime yeah. in the first game. The strategy, I love it. Like I said, it, it, the strategy yeah. is I could just imagine because we were talking about all the different scenarios that yeah. if Philly would have been able to come back, yeah. Yeah. they could technically could have if they had played it that way without the league changing it, they could have come back in overtime to tie it right. and then to go forward. Right. So it's right. And, and you know it's funny as that, and like we could, like you know, we went to all, we went to overtime at Albany the first game. We scored the first, we scored the first uh, touchdown in overtime. Yep. Then we kicked it off, and we're this close to getting a bar ball, which, yeah. which would have made it a fourteen point game. Yeah. And the game would have been over. Yep. So like we were like, you know, we were a little down with ourselves after the first game because we, you know, they ended up going down and scoring, go over two to win it, and they were up by one. But we were like literally inches away. Cause mm-hmm. I remember O'Shea. Uh, one of our DVs grabbed it off the wall and recovered it, but if it hit the wall first. Yeah. If you would have yeah. grabbed it, like, yeah. literally, like right here, if you would have grabbed it, we would have been up 14 going all the way, and that changes everything. That's why I love it so much. I love yeah. I love the whole thing. I, I, I hope they keep doing it. At least put the first round or something. You oh, know? First time, we'll, we'll see what they. I mean, we we haven't heard anything yet when it comes to expansion, but it, that's that's for another time. But it's 
I, I would imagine once they get to an X amount of teams, it may be a little right. bit hard to do. So, um, but if it's if it ends up being a one year experiment, it was very successful. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Um, so, last question we have for you before we let you go: um, If you were able to be commissioner for one day, okay. what would you do? What would you change? What What would you do as Mr. Commissioner Warren Smith? If I were the commissioner of the league, hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, in a perfect world, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that go into it that I don't even know about. So this is take take what I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> sure. Um, what I always thought, I always visualized. Like I know each league, you know, the AFL, the NAL, the IFL, uh, all these leagues. I you know, I wish they could come all together. Okay. You know, like. At the old arena too used to be, you know. Um, I, I just and, you know, and obviously like the thing is you got to pay affiliation fees with leagues, and some leagues are cheaper than the other, right. you know. And there's a lot that goes into it in paying players. I just wish in a perfect world, like you can have the AFL, the N and be their own conference, right. NAL be their own conference, IFL be their own conference, play for a conference championship, right. and have a a, a nationally national. Like arena, arena football champion, league and champion, yeah. And like because when I was playing back in 2015 and flying to different states, flying you know flying all over the place, that was great. You know what I mean? I'm just thinking, I wish all these teams could come together yeah. and make one league. Obviously, we know that's, that's far fetched. But if I was a commissioner and I had other power, I would I would join all. I would combine all the leagues, have the same rules, play AFL rules, and make like AFL go viral. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that's what I would do. I mean. You know, that's that's really all I can think of. I mean, it's probably a lot of things I actually knew what went. I don't I don't get into it. Yeah, I, I, worry, about, I worry about the player part. Oh, of there's it. a ton of stuff we don't. We think we know. There's no that we don't know either. So right, it's, right, right. Um, so that's a, that would be a that'd be a good plan. You know, just yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting. It's being able to to meld all the games together. I mean, it's. Um, I don't know how some of the other fans from the other leagues would think about it. Well, but I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's cool because it, 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 like, I mean. And everyone would get paid to met with it, how they get paid in the NFL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, like, there's some small market owners mm -hmm. in the IFL and the NAL that couldn't do that. Right. But um, it would just make it, it would make, because, like, you know, I hate the argument, like, all oh, the IFL plays better rules than the NAL. It's, and the IFL is more correlated to the outdoor game. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and to me, it's all indoor football. It's, it's, right. It's 50 yards long, 26 yards wide. Like, the NFL field is yeah. 52 by yeah. 100. You, it, nothing correlates to nothing in the NFL. Besides, say, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like... I mean, and you've experienced multiple leagues, so right, why exactly, not? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I would change all the leagues to NFL rules, one man in motion, Mack and a jack linebacker. Because that's arena football. That's the game. And and actually, you know, I would change... Thanks for thinking about it. I would change the last-minute rule. I would not let you take a knee. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I would not let you take a knee. And I totally forgot about that. And I was just thinking about that. And I remember me and Davila, the first game against Baltimore, we're sitting there. We forgot about the rule. And we're like, oh, he's no. just taking a knee. What's he doing? And, like, the clock's running. And we're like, it's over. Like, we can't put the clock. Yeah. Like, but, but you know what? It's funny. Ever since they announced that on the first game, on the first NSN game where we saw they had made the rule change, I think it actually made coaches coach very differently. And you strategy exactly exactly so you really like do you want to challenge that play and lose a timeout it's it, it yeah i agree yeah. because we've been some challenges we've now. noticed yeah. uh, over the last few weeks that most teams do have either two or three yeah. timeouts left because yeah. 
I'd rather I'd rather take a delay game and then need a timeout. Were we saying that tonight? Yeah, we were just saying like that if tonight. If it's second and two, yeah, and say like a play call gets mixed up or something like that, and like you get in there, I would not call a timeout in the first quarter. I would take finally go second and eight. You know what I mean? Like you know, like or try to get, or try to get the snap off. But timeouts are crucial now, especially with them with you know you can take a knee at the end of the game. So I would change that because you know a lot of excitement happens in that last one minute. Yeah. Even yeah. even it still happens now. With with the with where you still can take a knee, but it would be even changed. more. I think yeah, strategy definitely changed. changed. Like yeah. taking an, I don't think you should be able to take a knee and ring up a ball. No, I agree, and I think we were talking. We John and I and our other co-host Ben, we've been talking quite a bit about this, and we're saying maybe uh, some sort of hybrid rules of how they do it uh, in the I, IFL or the NAL. I think I think NAL does it the exact same way, where if you're at a certain score. If the, co- if the coaches agree, then yes, you can take a knee. Oh, I see. If not, if you're if you're within yeah, le- if you're within less than eight points, sure. right. then you play it right. like normal. And I know the AFL coaches they wouldn't give in if it was twenty. I mean, I've seen Shane Austin come back from nineteen points in under a minute. So yeah. I think it would be like I don't even think I would accept the knee if I was down by three scores because it can happen. Yeah. I mean, Shane Austin's done it in in uh, Cleveland yeah. and he did it this year against Albany and Albany. You know, like when he's playing with Philadelphia, like you can score quick in this game. And an onside kick, like literally, you can score 21 unanswered points. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So that's the that's another thing. So bring the leagues together and and the, and the, uh, taking the knee at the end. I would. Nice. Nice. That's, that's what I would change. Yeah. So don't forget that we are on social media. There are many places you know where they are, but we're gonna let you know them again anyways. Uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Uh, they're all slash arena fan. We've been trying to get as much uh, pictures and stuff out there for you for from our arena bowl experience this year. So stay tuned and uh, and and check them out as much as you can. Also, do not forget that we are on uh, we are on SoundCloud where you can listen to the last two or three shows depending on on the length that we have taped them at, uh, and that is at soundcloud uh, soundcloud.com/arenafan. And also, if you want to check out the more than uh, 250 episodes of AFL Tonight that are on the net, yes, it's that many, uh, you can head over to Google Play Music or over to iTunes, listen to your heart's content, and if you want, listen to this show and uh, listen to Warren talk over and over again, because this is really cool, dude. Uh, we really appreciate yeah, thanks for you coming being out. here. Like I said, I like talking. Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys for doing what you've been doing. And I, I like to educate everyone out there on the arena game. I think it's a cool game. I think it has a lot of potential in this country. And um, the more people actually know what goes on and know the rules and understand it, because half the people that watch it are like, I don't understand the rules. And as soon as you get it and understand it and what we go through, I think people will start to tend to watch it more. And um, like I said, if I do things like this, like you know, phone interviews, and if you guys ever need anything, yeah, don't uh, feel free to give me a buzz. I'm always down to talk. Sure. Uh, and if uh, anybody wanted to follow you on social media, Warren, where could they do so? Yeah, I got uh, I got Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. My Instagram is uh, WTS underscore JR underscore eight. Just so my high school kids don't follow me. Um, I got my uh, Twitter account at Warren Smith eight and Facebook at Warren G Smith Junior. So uh, yeah, shoot me a, shoot me a follow. You know, I'll follow you back. Check it out, and uh, hopefully tomorrow you'll see my post with the arena cup over there my head. There you go. There you go. So uh, we wish you all the best of luck tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I know, as you said, uh, going to any championship game, I can only imagine what you're thinking yeah. and what you're feeling. Uh, but best of luck. We're looking for a great. We look it's like we're gonna have a great game. And uh, if anybody can watch it, uh, by all means, it's on CBS at seven. CBS Sports Network tomorrow at seven. 
Warren, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.